0: It's popping, people. I'm Alex Safi here with my brother John, and this is Double Take. We're coming at you with an emergency podcast. It's been a minute since we did our, our pre- NBA preview, and today we could definitely not pass up doing an episode after the blockbuster James Harden trade. It had seemed like the writing had been on the wall since, you know, the offseason really, John, since just before the season was getting started, Harden wanted out. He was complaining about the roster. He showed up in preseason, it looked awful, he looked out of shape. There's all the fat memes, and they're still even going on now. And then last night, the Rockets played the Lakers and everything just hit the fan once again. After the game, harden saying, you know, I've given everything to the city, but I I just the situation is unfixable. And then afterwards, basically saying that he just, you know, he still wanted to be traded. John Wall coming back and saying, you know, why you want to jump ship? It's been only nine games, a lot of basketball to be played. Then Demarcus Cousins also speaking out and saying um, that, you know, there's been no respect from day one. It wasn't just that one press conference. Then the Rockets said Harden's not coming to practice today. And it seemed like they were just rushing to try to get him out of there, out the door, as soon as they could. And lo and behold, both Shams and Woj tweeted this afternoon this deal the Nets will receive. James Harden, the, it's a four-team four trade. Rockets are going to get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion Kuruks, uh, three Brooklyn first-round picks, one Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks first-round picks, which I believe came from Cleveland, and then four Brooklyn pick swaps. The Pacers are receiving Karis Lavert and a second-rounder, and the Cavs snuck in and stole a really, really good young center in, in Jared Allen and Torian Prince, who's a good wing. So I know I've just done a lot of talking, John, I just want to hear your thoughts. How much better are the Nets? They have, we already saw them be incredible. They had a great offense. I thought their strength, their best strength, was that they had the deepest bench in the league. And I think they're sacrificing that for a guy and James Harden, which I actually, after game one, I didn't think they should do it. But John, I want to know what do you think? How much better do the Nets get by adding James Harden? Yeah, so here we are. Obviously, there's four teams in the trade. I saw just a funny tweet. It was like, I actually think the Pacers and the Cavs won this trade which is just a funny take. They definitely did, they snuck in there getting the nice pieces from the Nets. And we're gonna talk about how we feel about the Rockets later on too. But to start off Nets, I'm, I'm on board with it. I, I get it. And get James Harden for what they gave up, which was just pretty much all their future. They're essentially saying we're valuing all this on putting, taking all that value of the future and those players. And we're gonna try and win a championship this year next year the year after they probably got about a three-year window where they're up there I think the reason they did this was it puts them right up there with the Lakers and not only that but another thing that needs to be said and this has been another take that people are throwing out there on Twitter is Kyrie Irving insurance they don't know what's good with him it's been for the past week he said you know he's been off for personal reasons whatever then he was spotted at his sister's birthday without a mask, whatever, which is breaking, of course, the NBA's COVID protocols and everything. And then he'd have to go into quarantine and whatever. So they don't know what's going on with him. He's basically going Dennis Rodman, like we all saw in the last dance, just going off, doing his own thing. And I think the problem with that guy being such a huge part of your team, I mean, they're going to rely on him a lot. that That's the number two guy. They need him. But now when you take Kevin Durant's team and you put James Harden on there too, Now that third guy, he's an oddball. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Now it's not as important. So I think that was part of it too. And you could say it's crazy to give up all that in your future, and and possibly it is. And that's why I like it for the Rockets, and I can get into that, Alex, too. But Why don't you talk about what you think about Brooklyn first? Just my quick take, lastly, is I think it puts them on par with the Lakers. I still am going to keep my pick of the Lakers winning the title, but I think the Nets are right there in the finals with them. It's so interesting, John, because as far as talent, there's really no argument you can make against this, this Nets team. But I look at the team and, and I look at adding Harden as compared to what they already were, and I don't think they're that much better. And I think that it might be a hot take because you, how can you add a superstar, a top seven or five or whatever player in the NBA, and James Harden, and not get better? But I think – and when you, you look at their talent, you have three of the best scorers – honestly ever there's no there's no way there's no reason to even say in this nba They're three of the best scores of all time and oh i thought you're saying the top 3 ever no you're no, no no, no of, the, three. the three of, of the best yeah. so no i know? mean even in today's nba who's up there with them steph's up there as a scorer Steph, let's say lebron whatever it doesn't matter but my point is you have three of the best offensive talents in the league on the same team the only thing that i think could kind of come close to this that we've seen in the, in the past is the warriors with Steph Clay and, and KD. However, that on paper made sense because you had a guy like like even, well, even Steph 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 is he passes the ball and he can play off ball extremely well and Clay is a guy who really doesn't need the ball in his hands at all. He's a guy who we've seen him score, you know, whatever, 60 points or and and, and dribble the ball like literally nine times in that whole span. So right. that was able that's why it worked. When you look at this team, all three of these guys, I think, are at their best when the ball is in their hands. Kyrie's not a pass-first point guard. Harden can pass, but he's only really a passer when the whole system runs through him and he's and he's you know has the ball in his hands throughout the whole game. So when I look at this team, I think offensively, you know, it's that it's that NBA cliche. There's only one basketball, right? There's only one basketball, and I look at that on the offensive side of things, and then I look at defense, and I think they traded away Jared Allen, who was. He was a good – he was definitely the best, the best center on their team. Now DeAndre Jordan's going to have to be, you know, lob city DeAndre Jordan, which I don't expect. I don't anticipate that happening. No, he's good. He's as, solid. As far as defense, we, we know Durant can be a, a good defender, and we know that Harden has had moments where he has – when he does commit, when he is in shape, he's been a good defender as well. But though, if those are your two guys here looking, and then maybe DeAndre Jordan, who else on that team is a good defender? So I have questions about their defense. And then they also did sacrifice – their bench and Karis LeVert was looking like he was going to be sixth man of the year. That dude gets buckets, and and the first game of the season, I I wasn't too high in the nets. It maybe you know if you remember from the uh or the last pod we did. I, I of course I thought I respected their talent, and I did think Kyrie and Katie had looked good in the preseason, and and was you know after coming off of injuries they looked they looked good. But I thought they were, and they surpassed my expectations so far in the regular season. Now we have issues for Kyrie, so it's funny you said insur- that Harden could be insurance for Kyrie, John. That was honestly my first thought. In in you know after all these reports that Kyrie hasn't been around the Nets' facilities or hasn't been playing for the past, I think he missed like the last four games or so. Um, and I'm thinking, all right, well now you have Harden and Katie. Well, I think Harden and Katie together is a better duo than than Kyrie and Katie, right? But, The third thing that I want to say, John, about this is, sorry, is the, is when you have anytime you have three guys like that, you look at Kevin Love taking a uh, a backseat to Kyrie and LeBron. You look at Chris Bosh taking a backseat to to D Wade and LeBron. And then even you see, I think with the Warriors, Draymond and Clay were able to fill different roles than they had previously. Once Durant came to the Warriors, I don't see Kyrie doing that. And Kyrie's the third banana on in on this team. So so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kyrie moving forward. Do they trade Kyrie to improve their depth? Or would that be bad because Katie loves Kyrie and their boys, and they both decided to come. So it's it's a, this this trade. I mean, it's definitely super interesting, but I don't I don't know how much better the Nets are to be honest. All right, so you, you talked for five minutes and you still do not answer my question though. Where are they? Where do you think they finish? Are you st- are you gonna if you're gonna pick a team, Alex? Tell me which team is coming out of the East. I'll stay. Over I'll, I'll stay the with team. My I team. just talked about and no one quickly thing. And I'm gonna say t- even if I told you there was a team with Kevin Durant and James Harden. Forget Kyrie Irving. Just those two guys on a team. You're going to pick that team. That's two MVPs. I'm sorry. I love Simmons and Embiid. We love Giannis. We love the Miami Heat. We we love a bunch of teams out east, even the Celtics this year. I can commend them for how good Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have looked. That's not beating James Harden and Kevin Durant on a team together. With a coach who, and Steve Nash, we know he's got the right offensive mind and he's a, he's been a good coach thus far in, into the season. So I'm saying just those two guys alone. You're putting Kyrie Irving and yes, on paper easily better. If you're just going to tell me fit from a fit perspective, you're not picking them fine, but then tell me who beats them. Um I mean if it comes down to it, I would take the field just in general, but I know you're saying, "Oh, who's going to beat them?" I would I'll stay with my pick. I'll stay with the Bucks. I think I think that the Bucs defensively they, there's no weaknesses for them defensively. Of course, the Bucks' half-court offense has always been their question, and we'll see once they get into the playoffs if Giannis has even. And I mean, so far it doesn't look like he's he's evolved that much in this like in the regular season at this point. Um, but and how much Drew Holiday is actually going to make a difference when you get into the fourth quarter of a of a game, critical game four or game five or whatever, um, and and can that can their off their half-court offense work? But I think right now the the the, the Nets' their offense was already incredible. There was there was. There wasn't like a weakness on offense. Their weakness already was just like their defense wasn't as as good as it could have been, or as or I, what I would say championship level defense. Right. And um, so but but I still think and I think the chemistry is going to be the biggest issue with them. So which is why it's easy for me to say I would just pick the field because I'm expecting them to crash and burn. You have Kyrie who's who's been a problematic locker room guy. You have Harden who he's has been super salty and and has only played his whole career with where everything ran through him. And then you have the fact that Durant to me is like the most level headed guy that I'm like in this locker room, as far as like their stars, it, it, to me, it just, that's the issue, you know, Durant to me, I have always, I've never thought highly of Durant's leadership skills or who, or, or his locker room presence. And now it's like, I compare him to Kyrie and, and Harden, he looks good. So it's like, the, to me, that's just, it shows that I think have chemistry issues, They'll have defensive issues. And for that reason, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they are a lot to come out of the East. Um, and I definitely would still, still, still favor the Lakers over them in the finals. All right, yeah, I'm with you. Lakers over them, of course. I mean, just because that's the give, that's the known thing already. We saw them do it, and we see what they are this year. Right now, you know, they're top of the West even early on. They're they're looking good. We know they're going to be there. That's a, that's the sure thing. Here, we don't know what we're going to get. What I just want to push back, lastly, before we move on, talk about the Rockets side of the deal. To me, I get it. We're talking about Kyrie and Harden, these two crazy guys that for the first 10 games of the season and Kyrie in the past. But before this season and the whole trade thing and, and everything try, with Harden trying to get out of Houston, have we seen Harden, like, not be a guy that we know is capable of winning with the right guys around? This is the best team he's had with him. And he almost, he almost was, uh, you know, the MVP, the, the best player on a team that took that insane, the greatest Warriors team, the greatest team ever. He almost beat was able to beat that team. So I'm saying we know that when he buys in he's there he's that guy. Of course we don't trust Kyrie yet because he yeah. says that he needs to get what 10 post ups a game or whatever he's crazy. We don't we don't trust him but we trust Steve Nash up to this point as a rookie coach which is this is tough. Winning a championship in your and your rookie season of course like that's that's tough. But Good enough as a player coach who still has an offensive mind, and, and he, he has enough, he has enough good for. assistant coaches around him that that, that Nash, he, he that. won't he won't be Mike Like D'Antoni, yeah, Mike D'Antoni. He's and the thing, on. Harden average has average double digit assists in the NBA. I'm not worried about him or KD, who we saw play on the team with Steph and Clay and the team with all those scores. KD slots in nicely, and he's a guy who can play in a nice system. I think KD could play with that. Kyrie's the guy we're worried about. Kyrie's the guy we're worried about. Absolutely. The guy we're worried about. And you know what? You're right. If it, the worst case scenario, Kyrie hates than and, and I don't know, I have a hard time believing that the Nets went ahead and did this without talking with Steve Nash, without talking with Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant. So I think they know what's going on. Kyrie, as a basketball player, he's talented enough to fit on paper. It's just about his mindset. Is he going to go in and say, yeah, you know what? I'm okay having 11 points this this, you know, Wednesday night in the regular season against Sacramento because – Kevin Durant went off for 30, and Harden had, you know, 30 as well. And I was the guy who was the third. There's going to be nights where he's going to go off, too. He's a player we know is capable of scoring 50 points in this league. So I'm just saying it's on Kyrie, and I have a hard time believing the Nets went ahead, just burned their whole future, and given reign of those four first-rounders and the four pick swaps. They did all that just to, you know, risk it and not know for sure that Kyrie's going to be on board with it. So I'm, I'm just going to – I know Kyrie, Kyrie's crazy, but I'm going to say that. Kyrie's word doesn't mean a lot, though. And, and, and you're right. That's a good point. I'm sure they must have said, hey, KD, Kyrie, you guys, you guys sign off on this. And I'm sure they must have signed off. But that doesn't mean much if Kyrie's like, yeah, I'll buy in. He's, he said he was going to be a Celtic for life. He said he wanted to re-sign the beginning of okay. 20, whatever the 2018-2019 season. And, you know, we all know how that ended. So, well, okay. Really I, I, I think, need to say a quick point. Quick point on the Celtics. But Kyrie was supposed to be the best guy on that team. This is a team where Kyrie isn't. So it's fine. They went as far as Kyrie took them, which wasn't far. They made They got bumped in the but in that the was Ke- To me, that was, it was it chemistry issues, though. It was the chemistry issues. And what I'm saying is, but it's is leadership Kyrie is just because you're sa- your, your, your argument is, well, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie signed off, then like, I trust that they'll all buy in and they'll be good. I don't because I could see it down the line getting sour, and now they're upset. Look at Harden. Harden. We just saw on Twitter it, resur- it resurfaced. What year was it, John, 2018 or 2017? Someone yeah. tweeted, Harden, please, please, please never leave. And he said, I won't. Like, you know, I'm a rocket for life. Whatever you said. I mean, come on. And, and of come course, th- those are different situations. But, but my it's point funny, is, but of we've seen understand. time and time again things turn bad in the NBA. And this, se- this rest of the season for the Brooklyn Nets, these three guys, it's going to be really fun to watch all the headlines. And they're going to lead the league in headlines. That's for sure. Harden knows, I'm going to say, this is the reason he had to force his way out. And this is one, I don't, no one can, no one respects the way that he went about doing it. But I will respect the sentiment, which is, listen, I know that in 10 years, 20 years from now, when I retire and they're, and they're I mean, and they're, people are judging him and looking back on his career. People are, are going to say, did you win a ring? Okay, you're not a Pantheon guy. He's won MVPs, he's broken scoring records, and he has the most, like, what is it, 50-point or 40-point triple-doubles ever. Like, yeah. He has all these ridiculous just statistics of stat yeah. stuffing, assists, shooting, three-pointers, all that. He's going to be up there for three-pointers. And he did, contribute to he, a lot, he did contribute to a lot of winning his time in, in Houston since he got there, from exactly. the time he got there until, you know, last right. season. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. six-man of the year, MVP award. You know, he's, he's done a lot already. But of course, the most important thing he hasn't done yet, win a championship. He almost did it. And you know, I'm of the belief that if a Chris Paul injury didn't happen, he would have won a championship. uh, And that was a 2018, I think. Yeah. 2018. But um, he knows they're going to be judging him. So he wanted out. I don't respect the way he did it, but he said, I need to be on a team that's going to win a championship. And last night that press conference, what he said was truthful. He said, listen, the team isn't good enough. And, and, you know, it sucks because we want to see a guy that's in there. He's competing with, with his teammates. He's a good teammate. And, and of course, DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall are saying he wasn't. And, of course, we we believe that. And, and because you look at the numbers. John, the first three games, he was averaging 37 points, 11 assists. The last three he games, mailing it in. he went to 17 points on, like, a below 40% shooting. So, exactly. He was phoning it in. And maybe it is because he knows how great he is. He knows he's 31. He knows the clock. It's is what ticking. it was. And he doesn't want to be Charles Barkley. On, and I don't, yeah, on I don't respect the way he went about it, but we understand the sentiment of it. Yeah. He knows he's going to get called out if he doesn't win a ring, and he's like, I need to do that. So yes. here he is. You got your shot. Here's your shot. And you with got that three, being all, said, three stars. Go to the Lakers and beat the Lakers now. With that being said, John, I, I, I do want to move on to the Rockets side of things because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is a hot take because I know a lot of people are like, wow, they basically have eight first-round picks. Harden and you know also getting all depot. but I I'm surprised man I, I I'm surprised that we look at like you know after last night and everything it seemed like these trade talks were going to progress very quickly the two teams that emerged have been the two teams you know from the start Philadelphia and Brooklyn and that with the Philadelphia uh, side of things, it sounded like Ben Simmons was potentially being traded or Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey, who Tyrese Maxey has been very good so far as a, in a, in a, as a rookie. He scored 30, uh, 39 points the other night. Um, compared to this haul, which is like, I understand, like, you know, they did get a lot of first-round picks, and hopefully some of those will be, like, you know, I think a few of them are, like, five years from now. So they will be better picks. It won't be when Brooklyn's, you know, potentially making the finals for the next couple of years. It'll be when they're not as good. But I just don't see how they went from a few months ago saying, no, we're, we, we, we're, we're not trading anyone, into, we're not trading Harden until we for sure can get a young star and a Hall of Picks. And to me, they didn't really get that. I know that All that Depot, and I'm a believer in All Depot, but you look at him, his injuries have, have he hasn't been good as good as, his, he hasn't been an All Star since his injuries. And then he's also on a, on a what's it called? On an expiring deal. So, at the end of the day, let's say all Depot, let's say the, the the rumors this summer that were reported or not this summer, I guess it was in like October or whatever that he really right. you know wants to go to miami or he or he just you know and he's a guy who's been treated so many times, I think he will want to see free agency so now the rockets that's the young guy they got they got a guy who's coming off of injuries he's, and, and he's twenty eight he and 28. he might still be, and he's 28. that's pretty old I didn't even realize how old he was mm-hmm. so so I don't really I think the Rockets could have got something better, and to me, it seems like. They were going to wait once the season started. And then, you know, after last night, they're like, all right, we just need to trade him. We need, to, we need this guy, get this guy out of here. And I I would have done what the Pelicans did with Anthony Davis. Like, all right, bro, you can sit at home while we're playing games, but but we're not going to trade you until we get something that we like. So, but right. I guess, you know, they just wanted to get him out of there. So I don't like yeah. the Rockets got in return. What do you think about what the Rockets So, do? yeah, I would have been with you. I, I get it. And and if, it's, if you could have had Simmons or Embiid, then I'm with you. And may- maybe they were going to get Simmons or Embiid, but they're going to get less draft picks. And they were just saying, you know what, we're going to trade hard in there. We think it's- he's going to blow up with that team. We know that even if it doesn't blow up, let's say they win a championship or two, they have opt-outs. All three guys, I'm pretty sure, have opt-outs in 2022. Um, maybe I was wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter. So these guys can opt-out if it, blows out, e- if it blows up, even if it doesn't blow up. um, So Opt-outs after 2022. They have picks from 2023's so either swaps or or just direct first rounders. 2023 to 2027. So I don't know what what the age they're they're all at about 30, 31, 32, right right now. So that's 2027, it's 2021. That's in six years from now. They're not gonna be good. So who knows what the 2027 first round pick from the Brooklyn Nets is gonna look like. I don't think, think it'll works. look like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown though, not, and, and I know it's too early to tell. It's too early to tell. Why not? Why not? Tell. Why not? Because I think that, that James Jr. that James that was actually LeBron. like a perfect storm, John. I think after the the Celtics traded Pearson Garnett, that was kind of a perfect storm, which is where that team fell apart. And the, all those guys were much older, and, and, and they weren't they as were older either. on paper. They're these be- guys blow out that that and that. Uh, oh roster. no doubt. On, is paper, on paper, on paper. You know, yes, so Harden is much better than than you know Paul Pierce and KG at the end of their careers, of course. And but it, still, it, what I'm saying For them to be able to get Tatum and Brown and those and even right, and know. and that's fine. Maybe the 2021, that's this year. That pick swap, that that won't be. They won't even swap that pick. 2022, that first round they they get, and it, they have Milwaukee's first rounder. That's gonna be the next first rounder. That's gonna yeah. Be those funny. two, those two teams could could be in a conference final. So. Those picks might be good, but as I'm saying, 2023, maybe Kyrie's out, maybe Harden leaves, maybe Durant's gone. You know, and hey, listen, I'm not leaving. But guess what? 33, 34, 35, 36. Right. Eventually, they're too old, and, and you're gonna get a pick. Of it. And also, I would have to push back. In today's NBA, I'm sorry, there's no way all three of these guys stay together for four or five seasons. Bet. 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 we could, could. We could do. They that. all stay together for the next. What's the over under for seasons that they play together, John? I feel like if we're talking about for, for if we're saying two of them, I would say oh, three and three. a half. Over, over if it's all three, I hate to say it, but it's like it's two and a half. It's two yeah, they that's stick true. together that's right. this season and next season. Do they stick together past that? You know, if it works out incredibly and they say you know we're gonna be, run a dynasty, okay, fine. Because of course, on paper talent, we know that from the top three players on your team from on paper talent, they're up there with Steph, you know, uh, Clay and Katie. Of course, that team's better, but. Two MVPs and an awesome all-star as your third best guy. You know, they're up there. Um, back to what I was saying, Houston. I like it because of all those picks. And now, I was, at first, I was like, oh, so they really got Levert. And when you look at the team that gave up the star, you know, that team always lost the trade. So, of course, Houston loses the trade. They lost James Harden. But they got all, these draft pick, all the draft pick compensation. And on top of it, they were able to swap Levert for Victor Aladipo. So, I would say, oh, I'm trying to who's get better. Here? Who's better, LaVert or Oladipo? Uh, so I'll talk about that. LaVert is on the come up, whereas I'm saying Oladipo, they already know knew what he looked like at his best. At his best, he was an all-star. He was, you know, great guard, defensive guy, all that. He could score. Great guy, goes in the playoffs, and they lost to LeBron that year. Um, of course, injury has messed him up, and he's an expiring contract right now, so they could still lose him. Right now, they have to try and get his health back, and see if he can get back to that Victor Oladipo. Cause that Victor Oladipo, of course he wasn't James Harden, but he was what, 65%, 70% as good of a player as him. LeVert to me is like 30, 40% as good, maybe uh, half as, good. you know what I'm saying? I think Oladipo right now though, Oladipo right now, considering the right injuries now, and all that. I think LeVert, and all LeVert that. is good. And, and like you said, LeVert is still on the come up too. LeVert's getting better. Maybe Levert's ceiling isn't as high as Oladipo, I and mean, that's probably what it is. The Rockets are well, betting on Oladipo's ceiling. Well, let me check. Wow. I, don't I don't know, know how, he's I don't know just, how, how would you, guess Levert's age, I don't know what it is. He's 20, he's 25, let's say, no, under. 26, he's 26, right. He's born in but, 1994. So yeah, he's, you know, Oladipo's two years older and has an injury history. Yeah, but we also know Oladipo wasn't all-star out his best. Can you get back to that in, an ex- in a contract year? He, you know, he has every incentive in the world, to, And I, now I like that squad kind of. They're going to be competitive every single night. When you got Christian Wood, John Wall, uh, Oladipo, and the, those first three guys, then you got Tucker in there, Boogie Cousins, and, and a new young coach who's trying to prove himself as well. So, for, or a first-year coach, uh, Stephen Silas. So, I like what Houston did. Of course, they didn't get back a Ben Simmons, a 24-year-old Ben Simmons with a 20-year-old Tyrese Maxey. That would be awesome. And, like, I don't know, from there, Houston. I don't Houston, think that was ever going to happen. That was never happening. You don't think they were – so? I don't either, but, I mean, it seemed like right up to the point that the, the Nets it – was, it was, you know, the, the news broke. It seemed like it was more going to be Philly than, than the Nets. So I think if I'm a Philly fan, I'm happy. I'm happy that they can keep Simmons in a beat tonight. 100%. And Tyler, I want to well. see how that team pans, uh, you know, pans out. Uh, one other thing I'll say is uh, I do like what the, what the Pacers did. Cause I I already thought I, I think in our last podcast I was saying I, I'm I'm I, I would really believe in who the Pacers or how good the Pacers were going to be this year, and I think that now Lavert is a little a little bit more of like a sure thing than all Debo. All is more of like I I was saying like I'm betting that he'll be good, but now Lavert you know Lavert will be good. So yeah, and and they Sabonis has been playing incredibly. Brogden Sabonis. Uh, so they got a TJ Warren's been injured, but hopefully he comes back. We saw what he did in the bubble. So TJ Warren too. So it's very solid squad. And Miles Turner now, kind of, you know, a little bit. He's got a chip on his shoulder that he was in trade rumors for Gordon Hayward. Oh, yeah. You know, he's 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 been he's been up there. And you know, they actually won me some money last night. I bet on them. Just took the money line plus. I think it's plus 140 versus the Warriors. And the Warriors were winning the whole game, fourth quarter. The Pacers wanted and want me some money, so they're yeah. Good. The Pacers, Pacers very, right now, very solid. They're top East, they're at top of the East right now, so yeah. No, so to, to, to do what they did and to get back Karis LeVert now, of course, <laughs> nice to sneak into that deal. So, John, why don't we transition then? Speaking of, you know, my my preseason thoughts on the Pacers. Why don't we transition to after three weeks that we've seen of the NBA so far? What preseason predictions were we right about? What are we changing? Are there any are there any of the yours that you wanna that you wanna talk about right now? Yeah, so off the bat, just looking at my hierarchy, um, I mean, the number one thing actually after night one was like, shoot, the Nets are gonna be good. You know, they 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 busted the brakes off the, the Warriors. <laughs> they they looked, didn't think they'd be good, <laughs> huh? You didn't think they'd be good? No, no, I w- I didn't pick them at the top of the East, and I was like, shoot, right away. I still like the Sixers. I'm gonna stick with the Sixers um, as my you know conference finals. I mean. No, of course, Harden and and Kyrie and Katie, yeah. Now that with that trade, that's my team. But I'm still gonna pick the Sixers right behind them, and then of course Heat and Bucks and Celtics in some order as well. Um, so the I guess the first one I want to talk about is rookies, and the first guy is Lamelo Ball, and Eli was on here on our draft episode and our you know preseason our, our you know preseason episode, and I have to say I just like watching him, man. He's he's fun and he's. Like that's probably the team that I didn't expect that I would have had watched as much as I have st- so far. Yeah. But you know, if you watch, I don't know if you watch out the Lonzo versus Lamelo game. That was a fun well, game. Yeah, I definitely watched some of that game. Watch a second. You know, he and then he had the y- youngest player to have a triple double ever. You know, that's super cool as well. So but you, wait, strong. look at that list, and it actually does. It's not. It's not like elite company. Like you got LeBron, okay. you got Luca, and then you have uh, both ball brothers and Marcel mm-hmm. faults. So yeah. it's actually a pretty interesting list, but so okay. it's cool, but to see him now, he's knocking down 35% of his threes. Does that stay that way? You know, probably not. His form is really weird and ugly. Really? And that's, so, so we don't know what we're going to get from that end. But what Eli said, he's got a nice frame, got a good build. And he, can pass the ball. he passes the ball. He's got a good feel for the game and his rebounding is in, is insane. Like he had like 14 rebounds the other night. Like as a guard, you know, he's, he's a guy who handles the ball. It's, it's right. cool to see him do all these other things. Shooting and defense, we don't know how good he'll be for the, for his career. But we know he's going to be a fun player. He's going to be a high IQ player. He's going to be a good player in this NBA. So. Right now, he's, he's a, actually looking. That's, that's for rookie of the year. And I had I picked James Wiseman. I was between James Wiseman and Tyrese um, Hall, Halliburton because for me, I was thinking this this year would be a, like a Malcolm Brogdon rookie of the year type of year where there was no guy who really jumps out. And we'll see if Lamelo continues playing the way he is, just because of the highlights and the name, like he'll win it. But right. if 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 Wiseman can improve, and if the Warriors maybe make a make a playoff run, and, and let's say the Hornets just fall apart and don't
1: mm-hmm. don't
0: continue playing the way they've been playing, then I could see I could see my pick still panning out. Um, do you have any other ones, or do you want to? Should we go every other? I'll, yeah, actually, I'll talk about mine. Go ahead. What I want to change is six man of the year. As soon as I I final, as I said, I you know I wrote it down. We had posted it on our Instagram. I picked Dennis Schroeder, which was just a stupid pick because he for him. he's starting. And I, I didn't think he'd start. I really thought Wes Matthews would start. they keep LeBron at point. But Schroeder's starting, so obviously he's going to be out of the running. But I did have my other picks were my next two. Let's see. I had Schroeder, Goran Dragic, and then I thought – who? I mean, that's just you know my homer pick. But Karis LeVert is who I would have said as well. But I think right now, it's so actually, probably looking like your pick will be right. You pick Jordan Clarkson; he could be the sixth man of the year, John. Yeah, he could be. I mean, he's he's going to do the Jazz. Um, we'll see what happens there. He's but it really be Alex, awesome. to get back to rookie. So yeah, mine was Killian Hayes. He hasn't looked like that with the Pistons so far. So yeah, I, if I'm gonna switch right now, I'll go with Lamelo. Um, then to so you were just talking about yours. So who are you? You're switching your sixth man to Alex? I'll say Jordan Clarkson because. Cause Lavert's getting like a start now, so. Yeah, so so Lavert would would have been off the bat, and then the Dinwiddie injury. I mean, with the Dinwiddie, Kyrie, Katie like starting, you know, perimeter, and then with Lavert off the bench, it seemed like. I mean, that's what they were saying. Steve Nash was had sold him on, you know, be the Ginobili of his big three. Mm. Um. So yeah, so that's one. My MVP, I, I I'm gonna step off of the Giannis thing. And and it's and it's for no reason because I still under, like I still believe in what I said about him then, which is that I don't know if Luca is going to be healthy and the Mavericks will be healthy enough and Luca will be healthy enough to win it. And I don't know about LeBron Davis. I don't know about anyone else down the line. I will say now, and Bill Simmons, you know, and Ryan Russell talked about this uh, on the on the Ringer on the yeah, their podcast video clip. <clears throat> I think I'm going to have from this from this point forward. I'm probably going to just say LeBron. <laughs> I because of how close they were to giving it to him last year even though Giannis had this easily this, this statistical monster season yeah. and people still got in there and made everyone rethink it and you know who knows if the season hadn't ended with 20 games left and they didn't go to the bubble for eight games who knows if LeBron would have closed the gap more and the meat it's just about the narrative so where's the narrative right now the Lakers are really good and we don't really know about the Giannis, the Lukas, the Jokic is averaging a triple-double, but they're and not. It'll be hard for Durant. I think a lot of people will vote for Durant today, but it'll be hard the rest of the season when you got also when you got Harden coming in, who's also an MVP caliber player. MVP guy. So, so right now, I think just like the safe bet, I mean, like, I just think it's going to have to be a team that's good. Do I see the Mavericks, the Mavericks are in the bloodbath, you know, part of the West with Phoenix and the Jazz and even the Clippers. The Clippers aren't a so solid number two right now. They're in there in the middle with all those teams and the Nuggets are going to come up. So the Mavericks are in there. Will can Lucas still be like look amazing and have amazing stats and be a four, five, six seed and win the MVP? Yes. But with all the LeBron, you know, the LeBron versus MJ, LeBron's in the go and and I think LeBron's gonna go for it too. And that's another thing Bill Simmons was talking about was he thought that LeBron would like pass the torch, give it to Davis, say Davis is the MVP, yeah, he's the MVP this whole year. And I thought to- that too. I really Davis do. has been the guy who's kind of been chilling back more. His block numbers are down. His offensive rebounding numbers are down. His free throw numbers are down. So he, those are like stats that measure how into it and how hard you're pushing. And that's fine. Don't get injured. Your team's still gonna be good. You have Gasol yeah, and Contre. And you have Dennis Schroeder, those guys are carrying, you know, the offense when you're off the court and whatnot. So they're going to be fine. They should end up with a, with a number one, number two, probably the number, number one seed and have home court. And that'll all be fine. 80s taking, you know, the night off. And then we're, but we're seeing LeBron do things. Where like last night, where he shoots the three and he turns around and looks at the bench. I mean, that play is just amazing. It's just so much fun to see. <laughs> I, I watch it so many times, and it's everywhere. And this is classic. Like you know, oh, ESPN loves LeBron. All they do is post about LeBron, and I've seen it so many times. But I watch it every single time. I yeah, no, and last that. night they played it on VP. Re- re- I swear, for like ten times in a row. And then you wait five minutes and then they play it again, five yeah. minutes later, 10 times. It was ridiculous. But that play was incredible. And We're going to see if we're seeing LeBron do stuff like that and having fun, and he's going all in every night and they're the number one team. I don't know who else gets it. So right now I'm just going to switch my pick. I'm going to say LeBron for the whole, for the narrative, for the fact that he yeah. hasn't won it since 2013, you know, of the past decade, the past two decades, he's been the MVP every season, but he doesn't win every season. So, I feel like this year will be a year where the narrative just goes that way and people want to give it to LeBron. The supporters go with yeah. LeBron. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my pick. I'm staying with Luka. I'm going to trust the process with Luka. I trust Luka. I've, KP's coming back. You know, he was supposed to come back, but I think their game got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so, where do you think they finish them, the Mavericks if Luka wins? They'll, finish, I, they'll, finish, they'll definitely finish top six. And I think it's more, me picking Luka is more, you know, because I believe in him as a player than as like, oh, they're going to be a three seed. And, if, and I think someone we haven't spoken about either is like Nikola Jokic. Jokic is having a good season too, but right now their record, I think they're about 500 Their defense right now. is bad. Yeah. So, so that's, that's another thing. Embiid has been playing well, so we'll see if Embiid. And Embiid, the other night against, against the Heat, our Heat, the Heat bench, because everyone's out because of COVID contact tracing, they, they beat us in overtime. Embiid had like 43 points, 15 rebounds, hit the game winner. But Simmons, John – Went two for two, and that was the only shot, two shots the whole game. Yeah. It's crazy. Weird. Um, Weird but so, as far as other pre- preseason predictions, I really slept on the Utah Jazz just because, I mean, not just honestly because of like what I wanted to happen. I wanted to see Phoenix be really good, who Phoenix is good. I was expecting Denver to still be good. I, was ex- I wanted Dallas to be good. I thought Portland, I still have to give them their respect, but the Jazz are good, and I don't want to sleep in the Jazz, Jazz are on par with those four teams. Yeah, right? they really are. And and then one other thing, shout out Eli for listening. I'm doubling down. The Raptors are gonna suck. And I'm honestly mad that I didn't go all the way and say they weren't even gonna be the eight seed. I I did that say that for a while. Eli convinced me. I said, all right, fine, they'll be the eighth seed. But now I think it's stupid. I shouldn't even have put them as the eight seed. Like they're not making the playoffs they they're right the what? Like two, the Raptors suck. They're two and eight or they're they're uh, they're bad. Man. I think they're two and eight right now. Yeah. Or oh, no, that might be the wizards too. That's another one I used to say. I was pretty high on the Wizards. I love putting Westbrook and Beal together. I thought Scott Brooks—he's coached Westbrook in a nice and a thirty-point score. I, 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 sold myself on that. I talked about Bertans and Avija or Abdija, however you say it. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, they were they were fun. And right now, they're three and eight, and Toronto is two and eight. So those two teams—that is somewhere where time. Eli was right. Eli did say they will be one of the worst defensive teams in the league, but I one think. Thing- I- Another thing we need to call Eli out for, Alex. You know what I'm about to say? The Pelicans? No. The jerseys on right that are right behind you. OKC. Oh yeah, OKC's competing every night. <laughs> yeah, so Eli thought OKC would be under, which their their over under for wins was twenty five. Super low. Super low. And he went under. He's like, This seems to be the worst than I think. And I had a hard time with that just because he's like, You couldn't you can't name their starting five. And I'm like, you know what? You're right about that. But I know they have SGA. they have Stego They Alexander. Yeah, Lou Dort. Don't ever doubt Lou Dort. They have Lou Dort and they have Al Horford. Those are three guys that like, you know, I mean we're all on playoff team. Oh yeah. Lou we're Dort disrespect will be tolerated on double take sports, okay? So yeah, they compete every night and right now I think are they six and five or five and six? Let's see. Their record yeah, right now. They're five and five. So they'll be right in there. Who knows if they're in the plan game, I'm gonna I'm just gonna laugh. That'll be <laughs> That'll crazy. That'll be crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, John, speaking of, you know, we're doing our preseason, where are we right, where are we wrong? Something we need to talk about, John. We ha- I'm surprised they've only got name dropped about one time this whole show so far, however far we are into it. And that's our beloved Miami Heat, John. What's going on with the Heat? Are we missing Jay Crowder? That was my fear, that we were going to miss Jay Crowder more than, than anticipated, that M- Maurice Harkless wasn't going to cut it, and that Avery Bradley, as good as he is, doesn't do the same things that, that Jay Crowder did. And we don't really have anyone to do. Also, I don't know what's good with KZ we know, We were in the preseason. We were all pumped about him. We were hyped. That being said, Precious has been incredible. Precious has been very good. He's been doing as, as good of a Jay Crowder impression as, as anyone has, even though you know he's not a shooter like Jay Crowder was last season. So what, what do you think about the heat, John? Are you worried? Should we, should we hit the panic button or what? No, we're not in the panic button. We're 10 games in. And we're, we're, we're still afloat. We were, I think, 5-5 five and five going into our Sixers game last night with eight guys playing. Tyler Uro, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek, Precious, Gabe Vincent. Or those were our starters, I guess. Yeah. And then off the bench, Chris Silva, uh, Max Struz, another G League, other two G League guys who don't he's play in it. He's a sniper. And Andre Igudala, who, of course, we know what he is, but he's older. So that was a lineup that took the Sixers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to overtime, and we should are top two in the East right now. And they've been playing incredible basketball, so. And we should have won. And obviously, I'll say, I'll say for them, they were missing some guys, too. But they had their two most important guys in. We were missing our three most important guys. Drogic, Bam, Jimmy Butler, okay? So three stars right there weren't playing for us. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. Drogic is off the bench. But, you know, still most important guy, or one of the most important guys. Um, so And no Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam wasn't there either, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'll give you that. But what I was going to say is, <laughs> What you need to find throughout the season, and and you know, to start off, no team has been, no team is ten and zero right now. Every team has lost at least three, four games, maybe. Um, but what you, you need to find is at one point in the season, you need to have enough continuity to to rip off a run of, you know, going ten and 0, 16 and five, or going whatever it is, ten and two. Or we need to have a stretch or, or a few stretch, smaller stretches, where we're. A five and stretch here, or a four and stretch there, and and put together some wins. We've had like a million different starting lineups already to start the season because Spo didn't know who he liked as the next guy. You know, he tried it with Mo Harkless. He tried Avery Bradley and Myers Leonard. He tried tried Myers -Leonard. Leonard. So we've thrown a few different starting lineups out there. Once we find that continuity and. What's been also pushing back on continuity right now, COVID. The NBA just set some new league protocols, some um, basically new rules where players can't leave their homes now. They can't leave the hotel. They can't can't have guests uh, at the hotel with them, you know, before they were allowed to. So things like that that they got rid of now, hopefully cracks down more on on the league. We're not going to have guys like Jimmy and Bam out, you know, for prolonged periods of time. And hopefully once that happens, you can have the continuity. And I'm sure we'll we'll put together a little On. eight to ten game win streak and we ready for a hot run. take here. So here here's here's my hot take. You talked about, you know, we're gonna need to pull off string string a lot of wins together at different stretches in the season. And for that, that's you know, you need your continuity. You need the same guys playing every night. And I'm worried that with COVID, every guy's in and out of the lineup because of these the the protocols and the and the contact tracing. It's it's not gonna be able to happen. So hot take. If a team was ahead of the curve, we've already had probably, remember going into the bubble, we had probably four players who had tested positive, I think. Get the, have the rest of them test positive. Take the two weeks, <laughs> take the two weeks, get the antibodies, and then the rest of the season, you're at an advantage. None of your guys are going to be out of because you all have the no. antibodies. You're all immune. And once your whole team's immune... You can go the rest of the season and you know, you know, oh, tonight we're playing the Sixers. They might not have their guys. Tonight we're playing the Lakers. They might not have their guys. We're playing the Hawks. We're playing the Celtics. whoever we're playing. And, and they're going to have three or four. Every every team every night has someone out of the lineup. But if they heat, I'm going to call up Pat Riley. And I'm going to just tell him. Get ahead of the curve. Expose everyone. Expose everyone. In the whoever program. whoever has COVID spit in the water fountain, spit in the in the Gatorade, <laughs> and there you go. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that's realistic. So, no. Um <laughs> What you know? What I mean? What I think though is about the whole COVID thing is it worries me because you know we had a bubble in the playoffs and that was perfect. We didn't have one case where oh this guy had to miss a game or whatever. None of it. Not not one. It was a dream, but, man. You took it for granted. You took yeah, we did. And now it's like night in, night out. The six. I, I watched two games in the past week where a team ha- only had eight players. The Sixers did, and then and Tyrese Halliburth or Tyrese um Tyrese Maxi. Sorry, Maxi had uh. 39 at 39, and then of course same thing happened to us for our Kentucky guy Tyler Hero had uh, whatever 34 was against the Sixers. We only had eight guys, so if we're seeing multiple games like that, I don't want to see that extend too much into the season because then you're right, Alex. There's gonna be no continuity from the top down. Right now the Nets, who even came in and on night one everyone was saying Kyrie and Katie look great together, there's Joe Harris and Jared Allen, Icarus. What these guys all look great? But they're five and five right now because their stars have missed games, you know. So yeah. we're gonna, or right now they're six to five or five and six or whatever. But yeah. what I'm saying is, no teams will get that, and we're gonna see seeding that just looks whack. There's only 72 games, so if you know you're you're out for quarantine for two weeks and you miss, I mean, you're out that for one time in oh. the beginning of the season, one time at the end of the season. Now you miss like your star could miss 10 games, 20 games, whatever. I On saw top of injuries. <clears throat> I mean, I saw the report, the first one that I saw that really struck me. It was like, Jason Tatum will miss the next 10 to 14 days. I'm like, what? Like, just like that. No, for no reason. I mean, it's, for seemingly, like, there's no reason. There's no, it's not related to basketball. He didn't, he didn't twist his ankle. He didn't, it's just like, oh, you know, someone got COVID and he was in contact with them. And then, you know, that's that. So, I don't know what the NBA is going to do from this point forward, John. I think it's going to be really tough for Adam Silver to, to navigate this. There's, there's, like, no right answer. And even, I know Aaron Gordon was joking on Twitter the other day, like, Things are getting wild. Like I'll be down for a bubble if we go to Hawaii or the Bahamas, and it's like I know the NBA players are not gonna want that. But maybe do you do like four bubbles and you do like you do alternate? So we have one bubble in in the in the southeast, in the southwest, and the northeast. In the yeah, Northwest. I mean, listen, and- Alex. And then they, you know, 10 teams play however many games over the two weeks, and then they they switch bubbles. And then, I mean, I know, I'm sure they're getting creative. They're getting to the drawing board and they're saying, well, that stuff really hits the fan. Like, everyone's getting COVID. Like, what do we do? We can't go back to Orlando, but maybe they have other ideas. They're not doing that, Alex, because they don't have the infrastructure to do that 10 games into the season. They can't set up the Chicago bubble, the, the Vegas bubble, the Orlando bubble, and the, you know, fourth bubble, whatever. They can't do that and have alternate bubbles because they haven't planned for that. And for them to just call the audible in the middle of the season, they do want to adhere to their schedule. No, what and they say? Let's take two to two let's three. say two to four weeks off. Let's say we, all right, we'll take. No, but that already weeks. that already throws it off. So, and that's a question. I mean, needed. yeah, but it's better than than whatever this might end up being. Well, they need to see how this goes. They're tightening up the protocols. They need a crackdown hard. If they see Kyrie Irving at a birthday party without wearing a mask, or you can't play control. Play. There's, there's how many? There's over. Oh, you do. You the find these guys play. You can't, you can't control you it. To, you have to come down hard and just find guys and find. Because yeah. think about it. In the NFL, they did this. I think it, I forget who, which team it was. Was it Vegas or? It was Vegas? I can't remember. Vegas One of the teams just got screwed by the NFL. They took, you know, they they find them a bunch and and they came down really hard on them. And that team was an example. And the rest of the players kind of fell in line. And I just think. Well, they're gonna have to be a lot more strict for this to happen. The other thing, John, is is I know we, you know, talked about how the NFL early in the season it wasn't looking good because they were just taking away people's bye weeks left and right and who knew who I didn't know how it was gonna pan out by the end of the season and they made it. But the difference with the NFL is you're only in one place for one week. You you they would fl- you know, you fly somewhere on Sunday and you leave on the in the next on the next the next week when you when the right. game's over, whatever. The NBA, it's, it's – and I know they've switched it where it's like you'll play back-to-back sometimes – or not back-to-back, but you'll play the same team twice, so it's like there's some continuity or something like that. But well, even that, compared to the NFL, there's 16 games, you're playing 16 different teams, that's it. The NBA, every team, different night. So I don't know. I really don't know how the NBA is going to do it, I'm, and I'm worried. I'm really worried. <laughs> yeah, I am too. And okay, so speaking of the, speaking of the NFL, John, team. it's it's week two – of the NFL playoffs, this weekend we got a lot of great matchups. We got Browns, Chiefs, Kansas City's favored by 10. We got Bills, Ravens. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Buffalo is favored by two and a half. Packers, Rams, Green Bay is favored by six and a half points. And we have Saints, Bucks. And that's also going to be a very fun matchup of the two grandpa quarterbacks. New Orleans is favored by a field goal. So, John, why don't we why don't we walk through the, each of these? What what sticks out to you? What picks are you making? Are there are there any yeah. games that you think that you know big big upsets are gonna happen? What are your thoughts on, on these? So, games? for for anyone who's, who wants a safe bet, parlaying the Chiefs and the Packers, I think those two teams. I mean, both teams are playing the is it the Rams what, the six seed because Seattle was the three, yeah. So the Rams were the six seed that upset. So the the Chiefs are playing the six seeded Browns and the Packers are playing the six-seeded Rams. Those two number one seeds coming off their bye weeks, coming off of, you know, a week of rest, I would say parlay those two teams. The odds are like, I think, minus 120, so it's pretty pretty decent. Not, not even, but about parlay those two teams. I think those two teams win. The other two games are the fun ones, right? We got Bills, Ravens, that's the most fun one, and then Saints, Bucks. Something I just looked up, actually, is, so obviously I think everyone people who've been paying attention this season, the Bucs and the Saints have already played twice. They're in the same division. And the last time it happened, it was week one, which, you know, uh, the Bucs didn't have everything together yet. It was their first week. Same with, I mean, even uh, with Drew Brees and the Saints. But that team, that week, the Saints won. And then later in the season, absolute blowout. It was 38-3. to three. I yeah. mean, the Saints just destroyed the Bucks. So something, everyone, this narrative that everyone's been saying, it's hard to beat a team three times. It's hard to beat it, like, third time's a charm for the Bucks. They could see what happens. I looked I found an article that said there's been 17 times that a team has been in the Saints shoes hosting the team that they beat twice during the regular season, right? And of those 17 times, the home team went twelve and five. That's a pretty high win percentage. So yeah. if we look at those, the Saints the Saint 12 times this the you know the home team wins and five times they'll they'll lose. So just taking that it looks like saints i just to stick with my, um you know my bracket that i made i'm going to stick with the bucks even I though pick the bucks uh, i'm taking the saints I, I picked the bucks though because i thought the seahawks were going to win uh. so i had the bucks beating the packers and upsetting them in the second in the second round i'm just going to stick with them and and yeah, see I mean, how that you know it. that doesn't really make sense cuz then who who'd you have winning the other match would you have the saints winning it doesn't. And then in so the other... You had Buck Saints in the... In I, the- had, I had the Seahawks in the other one. I had them winning. So the Seahawks kind of screwed my whole bracket up. But <laughs> whatever. And then for Bill's Raven, Bill, Bill's Raven's super fun. I'm going to also stick with Buffalo just because I think... after I listen, after that we 17 lost to them as a Miami Dolphins fan, 56 to 26. After they destroyed us that way, I, I just... I have more respect for them now. And I think the Colts were a pretty... Very good seven seed. That came out and, and played a really uh, close uh, first round game a wild card round against the bills so I think I'm gonna take the bills but the Ravens are awesome of course we're rooting for Lamar I like Lamar a lot yeah I, now, I do like Lamar but I and, and I'm just very that game I really you could go anyway I would all three other games I feel confident about what like my prediction would be I would pick the Chiefs I would pick the Packers and I would pick the Saints and I'm confident about those Bills, Ravens like you I would pick the bills. But I still, I could see it going either way. I could see the Bills blowing out. I could see the Ra- the Ravens blowing out. I could see it being close. I don't know. And I'm just gonna enjoy it. I'm, I'm gonna get the popcorn ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna have yeah. fun. I'm gonna be trash talking Eli, of course. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson doesn't get much more fun than that. Yeah. Opinion, so. Yeah. No. I'm, and I think that was that is the most fun game so far. So we'll see. We will. Well, I think that just about wraps things up glad we got this emergency podcast in you know it's been a minute since since we've done one things have been crazy with the holidays with finals whatever but this next year 2021 is going to be a great year we appreciate everyone listening to us staying with us throughout 2020 you know it was a very weird year in general and a crazy year and not a very good year for lots of people but you know as far as our podcast it was the first year that we really went you know front to back with the, with in, of the whole year doing pods. And it was a lot of fun and it was a learning experience. And we do have to give a huge shout out to the Miami heat and the NBA for the bubble and the heat giving us a lot of great content. Cause that was probably, sure. I look back at the year and that was, that was probably the, the peak time for our podcast. And we were just having fun putting out, you know, our episodes and stuff. We're looking forward to another great year. So hopefully, you know, we're going to get back on it. We've been slacking a little bit, but got to get back and it's going to be fun. So everyone, thanks for listening. Peace out. Go Heat!